I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan Uptop, just to give you a content warning for this episode. We are discussing Broad Church, which does deal with some difficult themes, including sexual assault, underage sex, and suicide. If you struggle with those themes, please do not listen to this episode. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to Another Happy Pod, the only podcast in the world. My name is Nathan. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the common man, as it were, except he grew up very rich. His name is Lawrence Thomas Heisey. Hello, sir, and how are you? Nobody cares because, Lawrence, you need to tell us what this silly little show is all about. Didn't even get a syllable out that time. That was, you're on form. Nathan, this is the show where we get together every single week and we talk about all things in the realm of pop culture. It could be a movie, it could be a TV show, it could be a video game, but the main thing is that we do so without any of the toxic discourse, which seems to be very prevalent these days. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful stuff. And what is it that we're discussing today, Lawrence? Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it a video game? Is it another thing? It's not another thing, Nathan. It's one of those three things. It often is. Oh. It's a it's a TV series, but specifically the first of three in our three week saga that we're doing. What you, what you got a nickname for this one? I do. Yes, we're kicking off our next little uh, mini series uh, mm. sort of thing. Do you, in, a, a, a themed few weeks, as it were. Have we done it with TV before? No. We, so that's the first. We've only ever done it with... We, we of course, uh, had the illustrious The Matrix back in May, yes. where we watched through all The Matrix movies. Um, and then at some point, at some time, we did The Hunger Games. That was not related to any month. That no. was just The Hunger Games. Yeah, it was just it was just Hunger Games, because we just wanted to do The Hunger Games. Yes. Um, but we did not do the new one, because it wasn't out at the time. 
Um, and then it was like a little tie-in. We were trying to be like, maybe people are more interested in the Hunger Games. We'll see. Yeah, I feel like we missed the boat just a little bit early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably just a little bit too. too early to that. Um, we should have been wrapping that up this week. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But now we're doing what everyone is absolutely clamoring for. It's a TV show <laughs> from ten years ago. <laughs> it is our crime drama Christmas. I'm Ooh. calling this Lawrence. Okay. Yeah, oh, we should make this. I presume you are considering making this a regular thing if it's now a Christmas. Oh, thing well, doing. not necessarily. No, because we do drama Christmas though. That's got a ring to it. We do have a well. We'd run out of crime dramas, but we do have a <laughs> our regularly scheduled Christmas episode still to come. Yeah, where we will discuss a Christmas movie. But um, this is not in lieu of a Christmas festive special. No, I, to me, Christmas says crime. Okay, what better okay. way to celebrate the festive period than uh, trauma and murder <laughs> inv- investigations and police inquiries and all this kind of stuff? I yeah. think it's the perfect marriage uh, for the festive season. So you're you're right though. I think the B- the BBC have a monopoly on this kind of stuff. Like you you have like a little crime drama. This is ITV. All right, British TV then. <laughs> yeah, okay. British TV crime drama Christmas. It's yeah. too wordy. Nathan, it's Broadchurch, season one. It is. It's Broadchurch. It's season one. That's what you just said. <laughs> yep, it is. <laughs> yeah, and Nathan, let me tell you something. It definitely is Broadchurch, season one. Great. What a wonderful time for everyone. <laughs> we can pass this back and forth all night. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> and so we shall. <laughs> Uh, you suggested this. I'd never seen it before. You had seen it before. Yes. Uh, did you watch this when it came out back in 2013? I did. Yeah, I Ooh. did. And I have not seen it since. Well, I I mean, apart from over the last few days or so. But yes, I remember specifically uh, this was airing around the time I was uh, applying for university. And I remember going to my university interview and being late one night and missing Broadchurch and then been very... Uh, angry because it was the one where the killer got revealed. So I was like, I better not get spoiled. I better not get spoiled. I need to see oh. it. So yeah, it was it was it was peak Broadchurch fever sweeping the nation. Did it have that reception when it came out? Were people like week to week talking about this? Massively. This was this was huge, mate. You wouldn't know because you were like five or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> this, this was I'm, I'm like three, four <laughs> years younger than you. This was this was huge. It it really like took off in a way that no one kind of expected it was it was uh, very well received i did um olivia coleman said the same thing that i i listened to after this i just kind of i because i'm stuck and i finished season one a couple of days ago but i didn't want to start season two because i didn't want to record this podcast with any knowledge of what happens in season two yes and i forbid you from doing that Yes, yeah, well, Nathan has me on a tight leash. I I often set rules for you. (laughs) You do? I follow them, mostly. You you do, yeah. Sometimes you break them and I have to have a little word. (laughs) Sometimes sometimes I sit on my sofa and I go, I'm a grown fucking man. (laughs) I can do what I want. (laughs) No. Um, But no, I was clamouring for a bit more uh, David Tennant and Olivia Coleman content. So I went back and listened to... There's not enough David Tennant content this month. Uh, no, no, it couldn't satisfy yeah. me. No, not on our other podcast, not with everything else going on. 
there is only uh, David Tennant. It seems. No, but I, but I wanted the specific pairing of Olivia <laughs> Coleman and David Tennant, which is more rare than you'd think. Okay, it's yeah, I guess. So I I literally went and the most I it, it was a very surface level search and it took me to David Tennant does a podcast with Olivia Coleman, the title I'm of the episode as well. I might add. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, great little episode. Um, but also like the main the main points that kind of I took away from it is that. You, you, like pretty much what you just said, Olivia Coleman. Like they had this was like her loss of anonymity. Like she said, this this had no reason blowing up as much as it did, and they were all so surprised by it. This is what put Olivia Coleman's name on the map, really, because like yeah. you think about like what she'd done before, like Peep Show and fucking um, Mitchell and Webler, and... one wasted potential in Doctor Who, and yeah, one very <laughs> to this day like. <laughs> The <laughs> the strangest Doctor Who character ever. Not really that strange, <laughs> but just the casting it just blows my mind. Um, yeah. yeah, just uh, they didn't know what they had, really. Um, no. She really hadn't done much of notice until until this, and now, you know, she's an Oscar-winning actress, and she's the yeah. queen, and she's, like, <laughs> amazing at everything she does. Her, I, her, she has one of my favourite Oscar speeches of all time, where she just, like, she got the award, and then people are clapping her, and she's like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting back tears, she's telling them all to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's easy to see why, like, she blew up, because, mm. spoiler alert, she's fucking phenomenal in this. She's so good in this. She I was is like, amazing. I can't say I was surprised, but there was a part of me that was like, like, like you say, oh yeah, this is how this is how she has the career she has because it's yeah. just it, it, it's it's such a good piece of writing and like I think it it could fall flat in some places because there are mm. there are parts of her character that you wish you got more of, but she toes the line between this kind of reserved and more idyllic character and then where the season goes in in the later episodes it just my god it just the writing is just handed to her and it's like go and bring this fucking home and she does and she's really really good so let's start at the beginning lawrence what is broad church okay so it's a small town um in england in in the countryside um everyone knows everyone um and seemingly everyone kind of gets along it's a it's a happy place to live um, you've got a mix of all sorts there. You've got these kind of old people that have retired there. You've got a mix of families, but everyone knows absolutely everyone. But all of a sudden, um, a new detective rocks up on the scene, and on his first day, uh, he has basically been tasked with the what appears at first to be the suicide of a young boy, uh, an eleven-year-old boy, but turns out to very quickly just like yeah, this is a murder. This, this, this everything is not as it seems here. Um, and it tells the story of basically how Olivia Coleman, who is a detective, um, has to work with this other detective who has kind of kind of swooped in and taken the job that she was promised. And they have to work together. Their attitudes kind of rub each other the wrong way. He's very pessimistic. She's very optimistic. Um, and it's basically just kind of a story about how this small town, um, just kind of the ecosystem of this small town just gets unraveled and like the worst of everyone is revealed and secrets that were long buried. And like, you know, you think, you know, your neighbor, but you really have no idea who certain people can be and who they are. Um, yeah. Great fucking story. And great. Like you feel like this, this kind of tired, like th th this trope should feel tired, right? A miserable detective who comes in and has to save the case, but he's jaded and he's kind of 
distanced himself from feeling any happiness. But again, it's the performances, right? Like David Tennant, straight away phenomenal in this. Yeah, he does a fucking great job as as the uh, the jaded detective, seemingly seconds away from death at any moment. Um, yeah. it's really touch and go <laughs> it really is mate he'll like he'll walk into a room and then suddenly he's like whoa like <laughs> the camera's right up in his face it's got that soft out of focus thing going on it's yeah it's all going it's all going a bit pear-shaped for him um <laughs> and then he gets up and he's like oh no i'm fine now i'm fine i know yeah. i'm fine now i can do this case <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah but yeah it's it's a really interesting storyline is like not not necessarily anything new and groundbreaking in terms of detective stories it is just like a a well-written uh mystery um written it's by a, it's a whodunit really it is a whodunit yeah yeah ryan johnson whodunit um mm. only it's not it's a chris chibnall whodunit yeah um, which feels like it's a controversial name to say in tv now when the bbc is concerned but it's not and he is good it's not the bbc no i <laughs> all right fine but like <laughs> in the bbc people don't like chris chibnall recently because they don't like him as a showrunner on doctor who yeah but like he's but good like, yeah this is good like this is why when he was announced as the showrunner for doctor who i was like yeah that's great like mm. surely this cannot go wrong and yeah, you know, I, I liked it for the most part, but whatever it is, what it is. Um, yeah. he had, I think his strength is narrative storytelling across a season. Yes, I think so too, rather than like a sort of episodic week to week sort of thing. Yeah, so, so where do you want to go with this? How do you want to dig in? Yeah, kind of just get started, I guess. I've, I've got a note that says the, the, the pilot of this, this has one of the best TV pilots I've ever seen. Yeah, like it's straight away shit's rocked, and it's one that like I'm so excited to go back and watch on a rewatch because certain people would be moving in certain ways, and mm. I'm I'm keen to kind of dig in and find out all those little se- secret things that you only would know from a rewatch. Um, but yeah, I think it just it's basically it sets a Cluedo board up, doesn't it? It just sets yeah. a lineup of suspects, and they're all so different in terms of a group of characters. You've got like. Like a, a reverend, is it is it a reverend or like a pastor? What, what what's his title? Reverend. Yeah, Reverend Rory. Um, <laughs> I don't know his actual name. What's Paul, his actual name? Paul Coates. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, and then like various people that know the family and stuff. But I think I kind of said it when I summed up how the show goes. But what I love about this pilot is it immediately makes you face facts of like, yeah, you know the guy that did this. Yeah. So who the fuck is it? And everyone's looking at each other. And I think there's an element of it. Everyone kind of pointing fingers at each other as well, just to get mm-hmm. attention off of them. Um, I think the first episode is is kind of like less focused on the who done it and more like on the the tragedy of it itself, like establishing the baseline of the tragedy before yeah. we before we get fully into the investigation and that type of stuff. And I think that's needed because you need to obviously set the like the stakes and like the tragedy and how much this is going to absolutely just fucking destroy this small mm. town and everything like that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really great. Jodie Wick is fucking amazing as uh, Beth Lama. She puts in a great performance in particular, yeah. you know, there's the, like the whole through line in that first episode of, Oh, Danny's already left for the day. He's not in bed. He's, He's mm. must have already gone to school. Didn't take his pack lunch. All right, I'll take it to school for him. Sports day of summer. Teacher comes along. No Danny today. And then just this immediate like look of worry on her face, like yeah. as you know, like just like mother's instinct, I guess. Just like this. What that doesn't make any sense. And then like 
the traffic and then like when she's just walking through the cars and then she hears that there's a body being found and just the drop on her face yeah. and she, she she knows at that point she just instantly knows and has to get there phenomenal scene that is i i i think it yeah firstly that scene itself is is phenomenal yeah but the i think speaking on jodie whittaker like it's such a fucking incredible like handling because i think i mean i'll get this is a large point anyway and i'll get to kind of what i'm talking about in a bit like everything about this it subverts you in a way that you think you think when you think murder mystery you think stereotypical tropes and Mm. this swerves it at every direction yes jodie whittaker is putting a phenomenal performance in and she's obviously crushed but she's way more pissed off than she is upset Mm. and like i and i love that about her character and i think taking that first episode to really sit with the family and show us like how they deal with this how they deal with this like unthinkable horrible fucking event that has happened um is a really good choice but what i especially love is that how jodie whittaker is not She's not a fucking crier. She's not sat in the corner, helpless. The police are coming over and it's not like, what do you know? Let me help in any way. It's what the fuck do you know? Why are you not doing a better job? Why haven't you caught this guy yet? What's going on? Um, But yeah, incredible first episode and the ending, how it kind of, there's this incredible speech by David Tennant when he has to announce it, I think. Um, And it just cycles through shots of of everyone in the town hearing the news. Yeah. And they're just all unreadable. You can't tell, it, like any which way or the other. And you th- and the show gives you so many fucking. No, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's exciting stuff. The show is particularly great at that. It's re- it's really good at making you suspect everyone and like because mm. everyone's shifty as fuck. They're yeah, all, they all move so weird. They're all so shifty and shady. They're all been like just you're screaming at your TV like, "Oh, just be honest, just tell the truth." Yeah. But then they're like, oh, "It's it's it's frustrating at times, but it's also realistic in that sense because people have secrets of their own, like mm. not related to the murder of Danny in any way whatsoever, but still stuff they don't want to get out and yeah. stuff they don't want people to know, and it's. They're trying to do the double act of like hiding that, but also then maintaining innocence at the same time. And it's yeah. like you, you got to make a sacrifice at some point. Which ones are going to be? And it's yeah. it's, uh, it's a tough act to balance for them all. That's the thing. To the police, a lie is a lie, and yeah. if you're lying, it just makes you think like. If you're lying about this, then why couldn't you lie about that? Yeah, and also <laughs> like, if your choices are lying about like an affair or your your murdered son. Mm. You just own up to the lesser of two evils, don't you? Really? Well, you would, but then you 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 know you put yourself in his shoes, and like then what mm. does that do to your family who are already going through like a fucking horrendous fucking tragedy? You know, it's it's it, it is a difficult act to follow, but I enjoy throughout all of that, throughout everyone trying to walk that line. At the same time, you've just got David Tennant's just unrelenting just <laughs> just harshness just like he doesn't give anyone like the benefit of the doubt for a second it's like as soon as he meets someone it's like all right you did it convince me you did him yeah <laughs> it's, yeah it, it's... every that's the thing everyone is guilty until innocent and yeah like, yeah that's that's such a refreshing kind of way of looking at it and i think all these things were the secrets as well it's a genius narrative decision to make one of the detectives in charge this lovely like mother of of a, of of two kids two young kids yeah who also knows everyone yeah like cuz you're in an interrogation room and like put yourself in an interrogation room if you've cheated on your wife 
and you have to admit that to like one of her close mates. Yeah. You're not the lights on you. You're gonna panic and you're gonna look shifty. And it's like narrative. Have you ever been like, like someone's grilled you about something that they think you've done and you know you haven't done it, but you immediately feel conscious of do I does that make me look guilty? Do I sound wrong? Of course, yeah. It's like it's yeah. that thing of like going through airport security. Yeah, I, yeah. I have nothing to I'm like, I'm going through, I'm just a guy going on holiday, but suddenly I'm like, oh no. Hello, officer. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, or going through passport control and you're trying to like make yourself like look presentable and look like your passport <laughs> photo. And we're like, I am a nice, innocent person. Yeah. Please let oh, me shit, into your I have country. Shaved? Should I have shaved this <laughs> off? Like, yeah. do I look like me? It's, it's, I, I've gained a few pounds <laughs> since, but like, do I hope I still look like me. <laughs> it's it's weird because um, you can definitely feel guilty without having done anything to feel yeah. guilty about. It's a it's a strange human phenomenon. Um, but yeah, no, I do like the kind of the difference between uh, Ellie and um, Alec Hardy, David Tennant's character, because it's like she's she's um, she's almost naive about it all. Like really, mm. like when. When, you know, the investigation first starts, she's like, well, obviously no one around here because, like, I know everyone. I know these people. There's no way anyone would have done it. And, and it David Tennant, me, like... Like, it was who it was as well. I know. And then David Tennant's obviously, like, like he seems like a dick, but he's he's right in the sense that you can't mm. think like that. You've got to be detached. You've got to set that aside and question absolutely fucking everyone even if it's your own fucking son because yeah. like you that's the only way you can solve this case and yeah you you have to literally put i mean it's not a puzzle until you put every single piece on the board and figure out what the whole thing is yeah like yeah it's it's you're right about that relationship as well because it's such a fucking i think david i think david bradley's character has this incredible line to um uh david tennant uh, mm. where he says something like like I pity you. Like how how miserable to see such depravity in like such simple things. Mm -hmm. Like when he's talking about like I know that he, that character's got his own things which we'll get to, but like he's talking about like how like he's basically for all intents and purposes he's a scout leader and he hugged this boy, mm. and he's like, "Why are you hugging boys?" And he's like, "Stop, man, that's not weird. Like you're weird for thinking that's weird." Mm. <laughs> yeah, I do want to get into all that sort of stuff in more detail because yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about there. Um, yeah. But yeah, with Olivia Coleman's character, you do kind of see like throughout the series a through line where like, yeah, at first she's like, no, there's no one around here. But then mm. as it goes on, she does start to question and suspect and kind of lose that innocence more and more where like, I mean, there's one point in like one of the later episodes where I can't remember who it was, but David Tennant's like, do you, uh, no, I, th I think it's related to her son. Like he, she something about the son's laptop and she and uh, he asks her like do you believe him and she just straight up says no whereas like yeah. earlier in the season there's not a chance she would have said that like she would yeah. have been ride or die for him basically so yeah. there's no there's no way in episode one is she putting her son on a hook like that <clears throat> yeah exactly yeah. i i think that that's one of the best things about this show and not just with the detectives mm. but like the characters in general it just as things go on and as people start pointing more fingers it brings out the ugly side of humanity in everyone yeah like every really single does. individual becomes the worst person that they could be in yeah. that sense and like and also and it's not played for black and white this is a bad thing because it makes olivia coleman's character better at her job to see the world in an uglier perspective yeah and that's a good thing but then like you look at jodie whittaker and she hands over 
a list of suspects she wants the police to investigate and it and there's that that fucking horrible I mean, it's a great scene but that horrible exchange of these are all your friends yeah, yeah. i know and it's like oh no <laughs> you yeah. are alone in this big time yeah um but yeah that that drama is it, 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 um, also like the the um jonathan bailey's character the journalist i think is ollie i think his name is ollie yes yeah it just encourages him to be a piece of shit to be this invasive do anything for the story kind of journalist that it yeah. just has a disregard for what is actually his own family's suffering or like or not not his own family but like a, basically a close-knit person yeah, it is his family knows. it is his family yeah, yeah. extended um, family but yeah 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 um but no just <clears throat> great stuff um really really good drama do you want to talk about some of the other characters in this because it, it does like i say it sets the clue board up and it starts to point fingers at certain members of the town who who aren't guilty it turns yeah. out but they still have their own stuff all right here we go let's set up the investigation board let's get out the photos let's get out the red string all right yeah well let's let's go with our number one suspect currently mark latimer all right yes mark latimer oh yeah he's the first he's first up isn't he yeah he's first up father of the the victim murdered young boy mm. um what do you think of mark latimer played by uh, Andrew Parker Bowles from The Crown. I oh my god, he's it that okay? That's where he's from. <laughs> so long, I was like, where's this fucking guy? Why? How do I know him? <laughs> he's in a few things, but yeah, that yeah. that that's where I've seen him before. Yeah, <laughs> um, that makes so much sense. Yeah, uh, right. Firstly, if I know that this is a dumb decision, but if you'd have given me a hundred quid spending money, yeah, right, at a betting shop. I'd have put it all on him being it. Like, really? I thought that I, cause I thought they were going to do that thing where they introduce him at mm. first, then they clear him and then they were right all along. Right. Okay. But obviously not the case, but yeah, a, a, what I think is a genuinely fascinating character arc. Cause he goes from this detestable low life. Yeah. Who you um, just can't. Does he? I, I think you, I think like. Not like, a detestable low life. Surely. All right, no, but just this uncooperative fucking plank of wood in the way of catching his son's killer. Yeah, like, but then, but once you understand why he is like that, I think it, yeah. it then completely makes sense, mm. really. I, I mean, still still not great stuff that he yeah, does. Yeah, like, not great. Like, I don't, he's not thinking clearly at any point, though. It, like, mm. it, I don't know, it's hard to, like, come at this thing from a point of rationality because... I don't yeah. think you can think rationally during a time like this, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that's, that's something the show gets right. People's lives, real lives are messy. Yeah, exactly. And they have complicated relationships with every single person they know. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, I think that's probably best expressed in this character then, I would say. Um, just because, you know, he he did a terrible thing and the timing of it was so piss poor. Yeah, and he's 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 a man that's filled with regret. It's revealed that he did actually once lay his hands on his son, um, in a and, violent way, not a sexual way. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's like something that he regrets. And obviously, <laughs> this then his affair is brought to light, and that's something he regrets. And he has this just fascinating speech that I think is so typical of like men behavior as well, mm. where it's like. He he has this line where he's like, "It's she's not prettier than you. I don't like her more than you. I don't not love you. It was just different. It was just something yeah. else." 
Um, and that's is that like, something you relate to as a married man? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Like, we got Don't him. do that, we Nathan. Clip it out. No. We got it. <laughs> you got that police sound effect? I do. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no. We got him, boys. Um, no, but that's like, but that is something that is just like, it, it's it's a man that is has been caught hmm. cheating, and he has yeah. no excuse. It's just. I don't yeah. know, man. Just what I was thinking, and like it's that's useless. Yeah. <laughs> and there's almost no one to blame but him. But it's such a lousy fucking thing to do yeah. that it's almost like you can't get mad at him. You just think like that was so stupid. It is, yeah. It's it's it is purely just stupidity and just very poor timing. Really, yeah. oh, just I mean, like it, this wouldn't have been half as bad. <laughs> yeah, if not for all of this. Yeah, <laughs> like. The the very night that like his and he even says that like it's like the fact that it's the same night it's something like he has to live with forever and that type of thing and the yeah. mistake he's made and that type of thing yeah it's and I I can't speak for where season two or season three takes that character but like you would assume that this this would be a, a defining point in his life to make him buck his ideas up like he realizes how well, I mean I, I at least season one to me. I would assume that going forward, he would understand how valuable family is and that like mundanity in his own life that he expressed the kind of discomfort and displeasure for mm. would be, would become something that he would like hopefully learn to cherish going forward because it's interrupted in a very big way. And he'll net, like, I think he even has a line at one point about how he'll never, he'll never like kiss his son's forehead before he heads off to school. He'll never just butter mm. him a slice of toast quickly. Um, before he walks out the door like it's all of that stuff that he'll never get to do again which is the stuff that caused him to be not a great guy in the first place if yeah. that makes sense yeah for our like kind of like once the the affair has come to light and stuff and once Jodie Whittaker's character knows about it there's this kind of like through line with like the latter family trying to like reconnect I guess after yeah. that point because as well we haven't talked about it but we we find out in a in an early episode that uh, Beth Jodie Whittaker's character is pregnant as well, which fucking hell! Like, oh boy, uh, oh boy! Yeah, like what does that do to someone? Like the fucking emotional toll that would take. Like, yeah. not only have you just lost your son, but now you're pregnant, and like I, I can't even imagine with that fact. Yeah, yeah it, it's so. There's a there's an incredible line she says about like like I don't want this one I want my old one yeah and it's like oh man a horrible way to think about that it it, it is though you can't help but like immediately think of that child as a replacement like yeah. not not the fucking baby's fault baby didn't ask for this like no, but, pe hell. but people people say this right when your dog yeah. dies you get a new dog and you f almost feel guilty about it yeah of course yeah because you're like nothing will replace my dog yeah. But this is also now my dog. But and like, you like, still find yourself longing for that companionship and longing for, yeah. you know, something in 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 that respect. This doesn't mean you forget about your other dog and that type of stuff. Um, yeah. She has a rare comedy moment as well, where I think where like she has. Um, she it's quite a few rare comedy moments. It's not all just yeah. like bleak and and serious. Like, it's pretty bleak, but like there is a, there is a few like genuinely funny moments throughout the yeah. show. I think most come from David Tennant's character just being a pure fish out of water, yeah. like just not getting along with these country bumpkins at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the no, uh, Jodie Whittaker comedy moment? Uh, it, so she obviously speaks to her husband about the baby, and he's like, yeah. he's like, "Well, you're keeping it," 
And then she <laughs> speaks to um, the fucking Paul Coates, the the Rory. The, the, yeah, Rory. Yeah, you can just uh, call him Rory. Yeah, that's that's easier. Uh, she speaks to Rory, and Rory's like, "Well, you should keep it." And then she like, that's after hearing her husband say the same thing, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, the men think I should keep it. Well, great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true." And it's like, yeah, that must be really fucking irritating to hear that coming from people right now. Yeah, um, yeah. No, uh, all right. Who's next up on the on the suspect list? Um, who is next up? Is um, it David Bradley? Or Nige? Uh, no, Nige kind of comes into it later, really. Um, yeah. I think he starts off in it a little bit, and then he no, skirts it, around it. Nige is, Nige is more in relation to Mark. Like, yeah, can you cooperate what Mark is saying? And Ellie has that great line where, like, she's... And, and uh, you work, you can only get this in, like, a small country town where everyone knows each other. But there's the there's a moment where David Tennant is, like, interviewing Nigel. And he's like, so where were you at this time? And then Ellie just comes in. Don't be a prat. Your mum says you was at home with her watching TV. It's <laughs> like, stop pissing about me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Which is very funny. That um, is very good. But, yeah, so... David Bradley, David Bradley's character, he's like the he runs the local news agents and the 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 sea brigade, which is like boys scouts but with boats or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, literally like scouts, <laughs> scouts for boats. Yeah, scouts for boats. Um, and I don't know about you, but I think this this kind of like storyline with David Bradley's character, this is like it's. It's the most like fucking heartbreaking thing. Mm. It's it's so just fucking horrible. Like the the way he's vilified and like to the point where there's like an angry mob at his door and all this type of stuff and yeah. his whole life is fucking completely turned around to the point where he has no option, where he feels like he has no option but to fucking top himself. It's Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's fucking brutal, and I'm not saying he's a perfect person, but like it's, I don't think he's a bad person at all. No, he's a, that's and that that's what I'm saying. This show does this so well. He's a real person. Yeah. With with fucking complications and like a past that he's actively tried to move away from. And kind so of, if you ha- if you haven't watched it, basically David Bradley's character used to be a, a music teacher, I think, and when he was like. Was it 30, 40 or something? He said he was in his 40s. In his 40s, yeah. He fell in love with a a 15-year-old pupil who was four weeks away from being 16. They they made a point of saying that. They they did make a point, and let's (sighs) just get on the record now. Either way, not great stuff. Not great stuff, all right? Like, not not ideal, okay? But But, but also, like, in the 80s. like a a long time ago where attitudes were different. But also, as well, not like a... A predatory man going after a young yeah. girl with with her wanting nothing to do with it. They got married and had a kid. It turns yeah. out, okay, they had like a full relationship. And he still actively pines over her loss. Like, he, yeah, he, he. This was obviously, obviously, again, there's a theme of not great timing in inappropriate relationships. But she yeah. was obviously the love of his life. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and when that kind of like comes to light the whole town just immediately just fucking turns on him and vilifies him and mm. the the most heartbreaking it's so well written because like earlier in the <laughs> same episode there's the scene where 
like the everyone's uh, having dinner together. Like Nigel cooks like a Sunday dinner for everyone, and like the the Miller family are there, the Latimers are there, and that type of stuff. And Ellie's son is like coming out of the bathroom, and like Jodie Whittaker just says, "Can I have a hug?" Just because she misses her fucking son, oh. and she. And she, she like they, she hugs him because she misses hugging Danny, and it's like such a fucking sweet moment. Like, of course, you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. You can understand completely where she is coming from. And then later in the same episode, we find out that David Bradley was doing the exact same thing because he lost his boy, and it's and they make us pay for that in the yeah. finale as well. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. It's just, just like that that hugging motif that comes <clears throat> about. Yeah. Like, oh my lord, I was not prepared for how much that would just a simple gesture would ev- eviscerate me. Yeah. Um but no, I I think with David Bradley's character like you're right, it really does kind of make you as an audience reframe your stereotypes and the way you look at people and judge them immediately. I think mm-hmm. like it's very easy to assume, right? You th- right? People say this, right? And they go, "Oh, like, oh, dirty old pedo." Yeah. And like, when you think of like a creep and a predator, you tend to typically think of these old men. Yeah. And these gross, greasy old men, and you know, love David Bradley as I do. He's old, and he's got he's thinning, right? Yeah. He's, he's he fits the bill. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, it was it was an intentional casting choice. Yeah. 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 Um, and like, so they they've <laughs> obviously played up on that very much so. Yeah. And then like. Not to get too far down the line, but it really recontextualizes. No, the all shapes and sizes. Yeah, definitely. And people and places and circumstances. Um, and I just, I don't know, man. This, this kind of, you. I've got the note as well about that that hug moment and how when it was revealed, it was he was basically just doing the same thing. Yeah. And vilified for it in what is such an obviously, like maybe not apparently obvious but it's only not apparently obvious because you view him as this dirty old man yeah anyone could have been in that corridor while beth did the same thing with that other little boy yeah and they would have been like that's so sad yeah no and they would have... absolutely no one would have been like oh beth's a pedo like yeah exactly there, there is not a single fucking person who would have seen that as any kind of inappropriate like yeah. at all and yeah. it's also like I understand the age difference is a thing. The age difference. Well, actually, while we're on David Bradley, let's. I wanted to talk about the reoccurring age difference plot line that goes on in this. Well, that that's another thing in regards to like David Bradley because the um, the daughter of the Latimer family, she's like very quick to be like, "Oh, pedo, like dirty old yeah. pedo." He look was... at your man. Exactly. She's with look Grey Worm. At, look at Grey Worm. <laughs> yeah, she's with Grey Worm, who, like, in the first episode, there's a very clear line where Grey Worm says to her, like, you haven't told anyone because, you know, you're not 16 yet. Like, so, mm. like, they're, they're having sex. And yeah. he's, well, he's 17. It's not, like, the same no, thing, but, really. No, but, but by law, that's wrong. But then also that's not that's <laughs> not amped up as this villainous performance or this this he's not a stereotypically evil bloke no when push comes to shove yeah when push comes to shove he seems like an understanding boyfriend that wants to try and help as best he can and like you're immature at that age you will make stupid fucking decisions at that age and i think like of course it's important to go into this because there are there are certain Mm. terminally online people that would watch this show and be like bad that's bad and it's like but people are more complicated than black and white bad and good and like, exactly, and it's it's really. I also think it's kind of the way this show dances in and around of that and paints certain characters as 
good people yeah. that have done things that you he'll look back and go, nah, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But like, it's quite brave in that sense where it is, it's happy to show real people and not paint them as cartoonish villains. Um, I also, it's not lost on me that it's consistently brought up that Beth was 15 when yeah. she met her husband. Who was older as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So this just, it's, it just, the entire <laughs> time it's, 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 and, and it should have been so fucking obvious what was yeah. going on. But looking back on it, just this continuous bringing up of, of, and this relevancy of age and mm. inappropriate age gaps and how, Sometimes good, sometimes bad, always slightly immoral. Yeah. But some with ill intention and some with, I should have known better, but I meant well. Yeah. Like, it, on paper, not great, but you can't always help who you fall in love with. And yeah. sometimes that can be understandable. And sometimes that can be, no, 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 you need mm. serious help. Like, yeah. And that and that's that's a key thing that comes up as well, right? Because uh, we won't get to the end yet. Um, but that that's another argument you can. It have. was Lawrence. He did it. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that is another argument you can have. There's no David Tennant has a point about not putting a label on someone specific. Yeah. Because it it fits the bill way more as a sad man that needs help. Yeah. Than someone who sought out to do bad things. Definitely. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from David Bradley, unless oh no, let's talk about him, him killing himself if you want to. Oh well, that was. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to say. It's just horrible, really. I, I think the only thing I would extra I would say is, again, it fits that. <clears throat> so so quick to become a mob. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and this town uh, that have been for buying the wrong his newspapers reason. for twenty years or whatever. Exactly, and a mob for the wrong reasons as well. It's a mob who thinks they're doing the right thing, but they're just mm. making things so much fucking worse for yeah. everyone. And and you get that with David Tennant. He's like, this yeah. is why you don't talk to the fucking press. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and it's, but then it's... even then, it gets like every everyone has someone above <clears> them where it's manipulated, like Ollie and the the. Uh, the journalist who's followed David Tennant from Sandbrook, Karen, yeah, Karen. Uh, they they write their piece, and it's seemingly it's it's you know it's not an attack piece, but it's it's pointing a finger, yeah. But then the the media takes it and goes and basically replaces the headline with "dirty pedo," basically, yeah, for for lack of a better term. And they intentionally provoke things because that's what the media does. It twists things and it points fingers, yeah. Um, and then. Obviously, that doesn't help the police in any way, shape, or form because it, and then everyone just kind of turns and goes, I actually th think I did see an old man yeah. around about Danny's area. And it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The way like people are saying, like, um, the, the whole fucking mob mentality of that episode, like, we, everyone, like, it makes a point quite a few times to have people be like, well, we don't know it's him. And then they say, well, we don't know it's not. So, like, better to fucking. Let's kill you know, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Like, where <laughs> yeah. do you draw the fucking line there? I know it wasn't like, me, so I'm going to kill you all, except yeah. me. <laughs> it's fucking, it's, it's awful as well. I also yeah. think this is a little bit different, but, like, there's there's a fucking... Like, we, we, we kind of joke around with it and that kind of stuff, but, like, really fucking accusing someone of that kind of stuff is fucking horrendous because oh like, god yeah because the 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 effect and it's like it's one of the worst things a person can do really yeah. um and it can completely 
turn someone's life around. So Even like if you, it's not true as well. Yeah. So, like, so like you really have to be fucking sure with that kind of stuff. It's not something you can just throw around. And this is why like I get so fucking pissed off with the fucking right wing crowd like calling like fucking you know like drag artists and trans people like pedophiles oh, yeah. and groomers and it's so fucking abhorrent and disgusting and it's yeah. like it's people trying to make the world a more inclusive place and they're just like pedophiles and groomers and all this kind of stuff and it it, it boils my blood it really yeah. does yeah no I, that is the thing as well because people throw shit out so fucking willy-nilly now especially with social media and i know this is a kind of a bit before all of that stuff yeah um well twitter does play a small part but it, that's it, it's what more twitter <laughs> yeah it's it's more of a mob mentality in a physical dangerous tangible way yeah rather than a million fucking neckbeards having a scream on the behind their screens yeah exactly exactly um, but yeah genuinely fucking heartbreaking mm. arc and what i think what i think is just that the irony of it all and the kind of icing on the cake is yeah. like his funeral is filled with the people that yesterday were calling him a pedo. Exactly. Yeah. And his wake is filled with the same people having a drink and a laugh and yeah. like not fully understanding that like they killed him. Really. No, yeah. It, they're just com completely willfully, willfully ignorant about the whole yeah, scenario. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's, and I, I, I like the, the, the that brilliant scene <clears> where, um, <throat> um, father Rory, um, just grills them. <laughs> And yeah. says like he says like you know we have a a, a, a a responsibility and we failed this man. Yeah. Um. I no, that was a great scene laying it. And then again, that that has a ripple effect because he's laying into people, and then it's like, why were you so passionate about that? And it's like, dude, I'm just trying to toe the line and be a good bloke. <laughs> I like Father Rory. I like Father Rory too. I think he's a he he's seems a complex like a nice character. Yeah. Yeah. It um, seems like a, a decent enough person. So. Yeah, and he also like just an interesting right putting putting the kind of the the symbol of God and the the mouthpiece of people's faith yeah. as a young man is quite a refreshing change. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, especially when so easily they could have made the old man and the priest pedo character the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what you'd traditionally think of really yeah that, that's the stereotype that would yeah fit, exactly. and it, it would be a less interesting show for it yeah yeah 100 um uh who's who's next on the board who's next um on who who is next who, i guess we've got the woman that owns the dog yes so uh what was her name susan Wright was it that sounds familiar but yeah. it's also an alias i think as well yeah her name was somewhere else beforehand but, yeah but yeah um and she's like we as the show goes on, like we we see that she's got some like shifty shit going on with Nige, which we don't quite get the full understanding of at first. Yeah. We just know, and that. as it turns out, nor does Nige. <laughs> no, yeah, there's <laughs> there's just some um, something going on. Like we see, whenever they come across each other, it's immediately quite aggressive, and he's like, "Leave me alone," and she's like. Yeah. I've got a dog, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and, I've got a dog. I've got this dog. <laughs> he's, he's great a dog. Boy. What a lovely dog, man. What, lo what a lovely dog that is completely unaware <laughs> yeah, that all of this is unfolding. <laughs> this dog goes through so much, man. He's like involved in a murder case, and he's just like happily walking about. <laughs> he's just in the back of a van asleep, and meanwhile, he's he doesn't understand that he's like fucking. <laughs> 
Broadchurch is most wanted. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a crossbow aimed at him at one point. And yeah, he, he's like, oh, who's that? Poor little guy. <laughs> um, th- this is one of the most interesting <clears throat> subplots for me. Definitely. Um, 100%. Because I think, again, the show does what every good whodunit should do and starts laying down clues for as to why it could be anyone. Yeah. Um, and one that it leans most heavily on, I think, is this woman. And it, yes. down to the penultimate episode, you're like, oh, it's yeah. a lock. She did it. And there's a fucking clear reason why they did this as well. Yeah. Um, and I think how that all plays out with um, she's kind of uh, fleeing from a previous relationship um, and she has, she is the, the mother of uh, a child who was taken away from her and also a child who was... Oh, that's a big measure. I know, I didn't mean to do it quite that much. That's like a five-shot situation. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she, she's, a, she's a really interesting character. She's fleeing from uh, a prior relationship where there's a lot of bad faith and bad baggage yeah. um, surrounding her name. A lot of people either happy to point the finger directly at her or at least call her an accomplice in the murder of her own child as well as the taking away and of her other child because she was deemed an unfit mother. So um, her husband was having sex with her daughter and then, yeah. uh, and then tried to have sex with the younger daughter. But uh, was it the older daughter who got killed? I think. Yeah. I, th- I think it was the older daughter who got killed because she tried to put, a stop yeah, to that. she tried to like protect her little sister. And because of that, he got angry and, and killed her basically, which yeah. horrendous fucking horrendous stuff but then again this is the kind of shit that like this is why i enjoy characters that are expressed like this right because this is the kind of shit you do read in a newspaper yeah this unfortunately it does happen yeah yeah, and you forget about it and like it just comes up in area but what i think this this does really really well is it shows you how people's lives will forever be wrapped up in their past yeah Like, this is not a murder case that she is involved in in any way. Yeah. She has one contribution to it, and even that is based on wrong evidence. Yeah. But the fact that she's here means that anywhere she lives for the rest of her life, and there's a, say there could be, I mean, hopefully she's not this unlucky, but anywhere she lives for the rest of her life, if there's something bad that happens there, her name will be brought up because of what had happened prior. Yeah. Um, And again, something that I think the show... She'll be looked into, and then once they find out her past, then there'll be questions yeah. as to why. Like, you know, she didn't act more quickly, or she didn't do whatever she could to protect, and that type of stuff. And and yeah. I, I think the most heartbreaking thing about it is, like, when Ellie is questioning her. Not, or not even when she's questioning Like, after the whole the interview process, Ellie, like, says to her, how could you not know? How could oh. you not know that was happening in your own home? And then, spoiler alert, we find out it's Joe, Ellie's husband. And it's it, it's such a fucking knife twist. And then to have then... What was that? What, me? Oh, that was my phone. Um, and <laughs> then to have to fucking twist the knife even further, we then have Beth say the exact same thing to Ellie right at the end. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's so fucking brutal. It's flawless logic, but again, yeah. it reframes something. Yeah, like how could she have known? And this is the same, this is the same kind of burden that she's always this this Susan Wright character has always been fucking called on shit by the police, right? Mm. For this kind of thing, she's been called an accomplice to it. That it's never been proven, 
because it turns out it was fucking not true. Yeah. But she has every single person pointing their nose up at her and going, you must have known. You must yeah. have known something. There's there's and- no way you could have known. But, like, of course there is. There's a yeah. number of ways. Like, it's... This is the thing. When, it's like, like, when you say, like, it brings out the worst in people, it really does because mm. people just want to make sense of things and they just want the simplest answer and to see things in black and white and to quickly get it resolved like throughout the series you have like people going well you found them yet why ain't you found them like we're trying to run businesses and like hurry up and it's like this isn't just a rock up oh here he is we got him fucking case closed boys it would be very easy if you can have a town meeting and then just go uh, who did it? And they go, ah, fair fucks, it was me. Oh, fair one, boys. Fair cop. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you asked. And I'm, <laughs> I'm a truthful man. Exactly. People <laughs> want just a simple solution and to just quickly get it over with. But, like, these things are so fucking complicated and yeah. take so much time to properly find the right answer and to do things properly and to make sure the family gets, like, the justice they need and all that kind of stuff. And it's... Yeah. It's it's really just, like, like you say, bringing out the worst in everyone around them. What what I love about that time that it takes as well is the lack of clarity because each day that goes past is another day where people are just twisting the knives in their own relationships yeah, and, yeah, and pointing fingers at their friends and their loved ones. And I think Susan Wright has obviously now been through that twice. Yeah, She's now been accused of two fucking murders of small children. Yeah. Um, and one of them being her own. This is the same thing as now imagine Beth moves away and then someone points the finger at Beth and goes, you yeah like it, it's not something you want to deal with and i get how completely mistrusting of the police she is because of how much they failed her last time yeah um and i and again narratively from a narrative hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Standpoint, I love how that's framed as why is she not cooperating with the police? Because we're looking at the police going, that's Olivia Coleman, she's one of the good guys. Yeah, David Tennant's a bit of a prick, but you know, he's trying to do the yeah. right thing. But at least he's at least he's well intentioned. But then yeah. in her perspective, mm. anyone in a fucking anyone in a suit <laughs> is just a prick. Stay away yeah. from me. Yeah. And like and again, it's just oh my god, how everyone is interconnected and it takes this small town of people that know each other. And it really just flips them all. They all do know each other. And they know which ones they don't fucking like and don't yeah. want to speak to. Um, oh, yeah. Brilliant brilliant character. I think um, I'd imagine this gets expanded on. I hope it does. I'm very interested in it. But don't. I wouldn't like you to confirm it. Okay. Um, is, is that relationship with um, who I guess she's almost certain. I don't know if it's 100% locked in that this Nige fella is her son who was taken away from her. 
I can um, tell you now if you want to know. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know if it's expanded on more. But is it definite? Is that her son? I think so. Yeah, I okay. think that's that's pretty much confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I thought it was, but I couldn't. I didn't know if it was, if it was like a hundred percent lock in or if it was just a. Because she's she's also got her own trauma, and there might be a bit of wishful thinking there. Yeah, it's true. Um, she does. Yeah. But I I like that he is just he, he. Let's just talk about Nigel as well. He is another character. That is is on the suspect list, and even though Ellie, uh, fucking Ellie, played by Olivia Coleman, has that amazing, like stop pissing around. Yeah, where were you actually? But he's covering for his best mate, who turns out to honestly, in good faith, be his best mate, his business partner, the dad of the murdered boy. Yeah. Um, but you get hints that this man is not like he he he's the, he's the he's the it's don't come to school tomorrow kid. Yeah. Well, he's. He's he's got some quirks, isn't mm. he? He's yeah, pointing a crossbow at a dog. <laughs> yeah, he's there's there's yeah, he's um not a bad person, but not a. Well, he hasn't. A, he can't. He hasn't done anything yet. No, he's exactly. on the path. He's yeah, he's and and that's what kind of like makes it really interesting, like with like Susan's relationship with him, because like she. She wanted to like initially protect him and stuff, but then she like had this line where she was saying that like, like to protect him, she needs to like tell the truth and because she mm. she she sees like a a bald headed guy bringing in the body and, and mistakes it for him. Initially. I was so fucking angry when I didn't. I didn't <laughs> yeah. think maybe that could possibly be one other bald man that's <laughs> the same as this guy. Yeah, quite well done. Um. Yeah, and like she, she says like the the right thing to do is like to to protect him as well to 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 make sure he doesn't turn out even more like his dad. And because she says she's like she calls him, she says she, he's got the devil in him, or he's like the spitting image of him or something like that. Yeah, like you, you she can see him in his eyes. Yeah, and like yeah, that's like everyone inherits traits from like. <clears throat> yeah. uh, I I see a lot of people often talk about like as they get older they compare themselves more to their dad. And like yeah. men often do turn into an echo of their dad, yeah. know, saying the same phrases their dad always said to them, and enjoying the same habits, or albeit kind of sticking to the some sort of a similar daily routine situation. Um, so I'll tell you now, I have never really been a big whiskey drinker. Um, <laughs> my dad is a big whiskey this, drinker. This podcast begs to differ. The last couple <laughs> of weeks, well, yeah, the last few weeks I've been enjoying a little whiskey more and more and my dad enjoys a whiskey so hey there we go. on the you're kissing 30 on the precipice of your of your youth you go exactly yeah. time to connect with my father <laughs> um no but it, that, but like mm. i i love that because it's it's he's there's guilty aspersions cast upon him yeah and like they're not entirely justified but we can see in his private moments that he's not everything he says to be and david tennant has this phenomenal line about you don't really know people's heart. You can't know someone truly. You never, ever know. You can know someone extremely well, mm. but you never know what's going on and who they truly are. It's true. That is true. Which is fucked. I think yeah. that's a terrifying thought. That is terrifying, really. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm a real nasty guy and I hate you. Really. <laughs> no. But here I am. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but it's 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 one of them lines that it just it sticks with you. And he has this again, this fucking incredible line later on, mm. where like I think nefarious people with hidden agendas like that, these people that present themselves as very like, oh, that's my best mate. 
Yeah. Oh, we're just two plumbers going around and being good guys. Like this guy that presents himself as a very fancier beer in the pub. He's a very run of the mill average bloke. Yeah. And and you can tell that he's hiding this thing, um, this kind of rage or this this insecurity inside of him quite deeply, and he's more comfortable with expressing it when he's privately alone and everything else. But then he has this fucking incredible line and it's so, if you were just turning on the TV, you would think nothing of it. But at the end, at the, at when they can finally mourn Danny and have his funeral in his wake, he walks up to the dad, uh, who, um, Mark, he, he walks up to the, the dad of the murdered boy, mm-hmm. um, and says, you didn't ever really think I had anything to do with it. Did you? And he goes, mm-hmm. nah, mate, nah, don't worry about it. You're fine. And yeah. that's such a nothing moment. But this man, this bald guy, right, he is just desperate to understand how people view him. Did he let the mask slip at yeah. any point? Do people know what is in his heart? It's it's oh great fucking really interesting character. Joe Miller <sighs> is the killer. <laughs> Joe Miller, Joe Miller. <laughs> um not Joe Miller from The Last of Us. No, uh, that's Joel Miller. That's Joel that's Miller, yeah. Yeah, so that's why it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no. also an Ellie in this, but that's also not the same character. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is true. Um, all right. So, did you at any point in, in your list of suspects and your little detective's notebook that you had throughout the series? Yeah. Uh, did Joel Miller's name, Joe Miller's name, ever get scribbled down? The. Uh, not organically. The only okay. time I ever suspected him yeah. was when David Tennant had already started to telegraph that it might have been. Like, there were so many things about him one... always pulling his son away from yeah. questioning. There was one great moment where um, David Tennant is questioning his son once again for like mm. the, the second time, I believe. And it, and it doesn't quite go that well because David gets a bit aggressive in his line of questioning and, and Joe has to take his son out. Um and then as they're leaving, he says to to Tom that he'll he'll need to do a, a DNA test before he goes. Um and then he asks him for his shoe size. And at this point they already know that the killer wears a size ten. Um so that he just asks him for his shoe size. He says five. And then Joe and then he asks Joe, who at this point has never once been in question, has has never been a yeah. suspect, has never been questioned, just seemingly absent mindedly just goes, What about you, Joe? What's your foot size? And he just goes, uh, 10? And then there's just a beat where it's, like, interesting. But David Tennant already knows at that point. He's already kind of got it figured out. But yeah. there's just a beat for us, the audience, where it's like, huh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. It, it's <clears throat> genuinely, looking back on it, it, it and it, this is why I genuinely think this is a perfect whodunit, right? Yeah. It's so fucking blatantly clear. Mm. It's so obvious, right? He's the only other bald man, and Nige keeps denying it's, this is him. It's so obvious once you have all the evidence and can look back on it. But like yeah. watching through from the beginning, you're not like, oh, it was Joe, clearly. No, but there's other little things mm. where like he's one of the only people that doesn't get grilled by David Tennant. Mm. He's one of the only people that doesn't get called in for questioning, and you just... he has no reason to because yeah. that's that's why it works. He's he has no, you know, he's got an alibi. He has no motive. He's got like no real reason for anyone to suspect him and it's early in the season and he's yeah. fucking trusted he's, he's yeah. ellie's husband 
Like he's just a person that you wouldn't look twice at. And also I think the show treats him like that as well. It it has this incredible thing where he is as much of a character as he needs to be for it to still be a competent reveal. Yeah. But he's also a character that is sort of underdeveloped and not very fleshed out because he is literally his only purpose in any other TV show yeah. and the TV show he's in up until the last episode. His only purpose is to flesh out Ellie's home life a little bit. Yeah. Is to give us just that tiny slice of life of what Ellie's life is like outside of her job and that's it. Yeah, it's true. And it's oh my god. I can't tell you how long I waited for that when that scene finally came up and we fi- great like, scene by the way. The way it like David Tennant following the phone signal and that yeah. type of stuff and the and he the just doesn't want to walk down that fucking road. Yeah. And the, and the way even beforehand like he was being really nice to Ellie, which like red flag immediately like the way he was like no you've done a good job on this miller and it was like what are you doing what that, yeah. that's not you like yeah yeah it just it and he, he has a line about how he he goes um i really wished it wasn't him i'm yeah. so sorry i really wish that well that hang on let if we're going to talk about let's talk about the reveal as well olivia coleman yeah She's won an Oscar, yeah, but she should have won it for for this. It, well, she, she should, what's the TV Oscar? The Emmy? The well, American TV is Emmys. British TV is it's. Well, you can get a BAFTA for British TV. Um, I don't know if she won anything or was nominated, but the scene of her I finding think she out, would have been, yeah, very is, good. Yeah, it, it, it's fucking incredible the way she kind of convulses in on herself and is almost sick but can't yeah. bring it to be sick. Before she gets the chance to be sick, she's fucking pissed off. And then before she gets too pissed off, she's in disbelief. And what I think is so good about that um, scene of um, of Ellie confronting her husband, she goes, I want to see him. Yeah. She walks in. There's all these rules, obviously. You can't touch him. You can't do anything that would jeopardize a conviction on this guy. You can't do any of that. But she goes, I understand. And it's where this, well, I, I just, narratively, it's the perfect fucking meeting point for her dilemma of being, I know these guys and I should do my job properly. Mm. And like when it comes down to her literally questioning the person she thought she knew the best. And you, you, as an audience member, you want this scene. You want this battle of words. You want his reasoning. You want him to, you almost want him to defend himself so that you can justifiably watch her get more pissed off at him. Yeah, but you don't get that. You get maybe twenty seconds of 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 back and forth, and then she just fucking unleashes and just starts kicking him. And again, it's a subversion of what we want in a TV show, but it's what real people would do. Yeah, like you you would just have nothing but uncontrollable rage. How do you feel about her? How do you feel about her hitting him like that and just kind of losing it a little? I see. It's it's. It's troublesome because again, it's mm. one of them things where it's real, and I can't say I might, I, I can't say I would have done things differently. I don't know. Yeah. But when someone that you know the most in the world, someone that you've you've literally committed your life to, turns out to be harboring such a secret that also it's also a secret that would, in your mind, invalidate your entire relationship with that person. Yeah. Um, it's not just he was cheating on me with another woman. It's he was cheating on me in this unforgivable way. And also 
it kind of leads her to believe that there is no attraction to her whatsoever. She is just there for him. Yeah. To be a cover. And um And then makes her worry about her own children as well. Yeah, exactly. And mm. then and 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 again I think this ties into all of the other stuff with Ellie. <clears throat> Ellie's <throat> Ellie is constantly pushed outside of success in place of a man. Mm. Right. She'll never be I don't know again about season two or three, but as far as I can tell from the end of season one, she'll never be taken seriously in this town as a detective, ever. And as you know, as even so far as the first episode, she's ready to step into her new office. Oh, there's a man there. Oh, it's a man here and he didn't earn this job. He actually lost the last case he was on. Mm. But he's better than you, so he's here. And it's like I don't know, man. I just think all of that. Because I think it comes with it comes with eight episodes of her ideology and her mindset being just completely wiped away in one second. Yeah. Um, and I think she's lost... She'll, she'll lose friends. She'll lose the father of her children. She'll lose her husband. She'll lose any sense of trust that she could develop with anyone else. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, to, to answer your question, I I don't know. I can certainly see why. From an outsider perspective... I don't think it's the best choice to make, mm. but I can certainly see why she did it. What do you think in terms of the case? Like, because David Tennant says to her, like, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. It's going to fuck shit up. Um, I, I would imagine so. And I also think, I don't know if that will come from him. I think it might be something lawyers lean on mm. and lawyers push for maybe there's more avenues of kind of exploring this internalized sexism. Like, an emotional woman outburst of emotion mm. and all of this stuff, which is obviously bollocks. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, that, what I've learned is the writing is too clever in this show for there to be a line that didn't mean something. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, that line... to be fair, they they didn't know they would get a season two because it was, again, it was kind of unexpected how yeah. much this show blew up. Um, and it doesn't... So... I, I, was, I questioned you about this earlier mm. in the week, and I, I kind of don't want to know too much, but it almost... Mm. It doesn't lead you to believe there should be a season two. It kind of feels like a one and done. It kind of does. Yeah, it kind of does close itself at the end a little bit. Um, The case is shut. The whole season, excuse me, the whole season has been the case and the case is now closed. But once you see where season two goes, you can understand why. I'm going to binge it all tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But I I will say that, you know, um, I won't spoil anything, but I will say that... um, actions have consequences and mm. you know this is not a storyline that is forgotten about so yeah um so um where to go now i got i got hella notes all right hit me uh, before we move on from joe um again the subversion thing that i've been banging on about i do think it's a really interesting um and a refreshing look which is maybe a weird way to put it but you'll see what i'm getting at um that joe never actually physically abused danny it was no. he's not and i said this earlier with david bradley he's not a cartoonishly mustache twirling evil pedophile and it was a strangely almost mutual relationship in that like like don't get me wrong like danny was definitely like fucking yeah. groomed and, and, and manipulated in certain respects and that type yeah. of stuff. But Dis- disclaimer was... here, when we say mutual, it is without... It, it, we, we are acknowledging that yes. consent is a very necessary part of a mutual agreement. A hundred percent. But like, but Danny, like, 
he wanted to to have a relationship. Not in like a fucking. He wanted someone to talk to. Yeah, he wanted a friend. He wanted, like he he liked meeting up with with Joe and and you know and having a, a father figure who who we could actually talk to and that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, but who was who was present and who also coming from. Joe's obviously Joe's advances were obviously far more sweet and compassionate in a twisted way, but Danny wouldn't yeah. presume that. By the um, way, great fucking scene when once their family finds out, once um, Alec goes and tells them, um, and they find out it's Joe, and then Mark just fucks off. He just gets up and leaves, and just like goes mm. to the beach and just fucking screams to himself, and it's ugh. yeah, it's, it's it's heartbreaking and it's understandable, and then. You know, there's a scene where he goes to confront Joe himself, which is all, all the more. <laughs> it's almost funny the way, like, the fucking hatch opens and you see the terrified look on Joe's face as he sees Mark there. It's yeah. like, it's almost I, I, funny if it wasn't so, like, fucking yeah. just brutal and heartbreaking at the same time. And that that's the thing you 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 look back on this character who is like and and again this is why I think the show is so clever cuz like I say he's not a mustache twirling evil old dirty pedo he's not a stereotype he's a family man with a son of his own of the same age yeah he's 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 the he's the husband of a fucking of the local town sheriff right it's not like this is not the person you would point the finger at but he's also not you know when it's revealed there's no ha 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 you finally caught me yeah i'm an it, evil nonce like it's yeah. not it's not that it's i like david Tennant is actually more measured and calm with him than he is with half of the fucking innocent people it's true yeah and yeah. he just goes i don't understand it and he goes i'm in love with him i can't explain it i don't know he, why yeah joe doesn't understand it himself yeah. which is another big thing he he doesn't understand his own feelings about it and like he's probably rightfully quite scared and like mm. yeah, i don't know it's, it's strange someone else that the show touched on that i think is brought up mm. in that scene as well is the selfishness of men right they yeah when you're lustful for someone certain men will take and take and they'll be selfish and they won't think of the consequences yeah and later on you know it's telegraphed to us when mark has his affair and she goes 15 years of our life you threw it away you looked at our picture of our kids and you thought i don't need to worry about that yeah right you you've just fucked some other woman and that's that's how you've done gone about life you're so selfish you don't think of anyone but yourself and that's exactly what joe has done in this scenario but it comes with the connotations of like when joe starts to he right because he said he makes a point of saying i I never physically touched him and you know that's true because he actually says that to danny in a flashback which is a private moment yeah right i never touched you you know that but it was headed there right he's being groomed oh david Tennant at one point he has a line like just because he never touched him doesn't mean that he never would have like yeah it doesn't mean it wouldn't have gotten to that point eventually yeah yeah and it's i don't know man it's this fucking it's it's incredible like yeah the way that reveal is handled and like i I just think it a testament to the writing and the drama of it all that it's just not it, it, it it's real and it feels so honest and it feels so refreshing to just see what is a man who had made some terrible choices yeah but could have been rehabilitated if he wasn't such a fucking selfish individual yeah 
and again it comes down to the the pity of man got caught doing wrong he cries and he he he, he kind of <clears throat> i don't think he feigns these tears but it's it's this kind of male right that people you know think that they're they're born with that they they can cry a few tears shed a few tears and it will forgive the unforgivable because i'm sad and confused and i don't know what's going on but actually I didn't in mean actual, yeah but in actual fact you're a twisted individual and you calculated and every step of the way you had ill intent bribing yeah. bribing danny with money giving danny a second phone it was all yeah. headed. All the clues are there. And just because he presents as, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to. I don't know what came over me. It doesn't mean it's, you don't know what some, you don't know what's in anyone's heart. It, it yeah. just sums it up perfectly. True. Very true. What a fucking series. <laughs> what a fucking. <laughs> oh. I told you. I told yeah. you. I've been telling you. <laughs> um, it's good stuff. Um, is there anything else that you want to go over? Um, Nothing more serious than that, I don't think. I like the. Um, uh, there's a there's a good kind of moment with um, when Jodie Whittaker goes to the Sandbrook victim mother. Oh yes, yes. Um, and she just has this again, again another subversion. You expect it. You 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 tend to expect these typical. <clears throat> yeah, she'll be devastated and she'll be heartbroken, but she's a lot further along in her journey of grief. Yeah. So you you expect it to be you know some counselling. It does get easier day by day. You look for the things to stay positive about, but. Jodie Whittaker asks her how she coped with it, and she goes, I go to bed, I watch TV, but I can't watch anything that has a girl in it. I cry mm -hmm. and I go to bed. Yeah. I don't eat, I wake up and I do the same thing. And it's just that look on Jodie Whittaker's face kind of acknowledging what her future will be without her son is just like, if if the show didn't already make you feel like she was stuck in time, like, fuck me, dude. Like, it's her performance again, and... Jodie Whittaker, I think, is such a special performer because she she has this ability to almost appear hardened and stoic, mm. but have this incredible vulnerability in her eyes, where you just it completely is like people always say, like the eyes is the door to the soul, and it really you get it with her. Yeah, a hundred percent. Speaking of great Jodie Whittaker scenes, one that always sticks out to me is the one where she goes shopping. She just like goes to like fucking Tesco or whatever just yeah. to try to take her mind off, off things, get a few things for the house. And everyone is just staring at her because, yeah. like, because they've seen the news and they like and they know what's happened. And it's a small community and everyone knows everyone. And it's just like she's trying to just take her mind off this horrible thing for just five minutes and do something ordinary. And she can't yeah. even do that. She can't go and get some fucking crisps without having everyone <laughs> give her like sympathetic looks and like. Yeah. She's and become like, an event. Exactly. More than yeah. a person now, yeah. Yeah, she's a story rather than an actual person. Yeah. It's yeah. heartbreaking. Um I I I also quite like that the um there are false flags that are almost exactly what you think they should be. But yeah. the show and the fact that it's, you know, shot with a camera and there's music, it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. Um uh it, like uh Danny's uh, well, um Ellie's son who was Danny's best friend, the only other, like, 11-year-old boy there. Yeah. Right? He's smashing up his laptop. He's asking... From day one, he's asking shady questions of, like, can things... Things are deleted, right? When they're deleted and people are like, you no, there's hard drive backups and everything else. You see him delete messages off his phone from Danny and that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you and you know, instinctively <laughs> you know, school kids are dumb. Yeah, 100%. You know, like, it's it's the... Okay, you, you go on Xbox Live and you go, kill yourself, 
<laughs> right? Like, yeah. yeah. That's just what kids fucking do. And yeah. I all along, I knew it would be that. Yeah. But it's a testament to the show that anyone is a suspect, even this 11-year-old boy, that actually seriously for a minute there made me think, could he have done anything to do with this? Yeah. No. He's an idiot no. that sent a message like, kill yourself, and then again, terrible timing, he ends up dead the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. Um, anything to say about Ollie and Karen? Um... Not much, to be honest. I think, At least oh, interesting, I think. Yeah, that, like, the there is like stuff to be said about like how the media can swirl things up and you know and mm. and make make stuff worse. But then I don't know that that message kind of gets a little bit muddled at times as well, though, because it, yeah. it kind of seems like they don't fully commit to that idea because yeah. then sometimes like, it's bad and sometimes it's the paragon of truth and justice. exactly yeah they yeah. kind of want to have it like the best of both ways really they're like we're the media we have a responsibility to <laughs> to report the truth and to be and to work with the police and to do everything yeah. by the book but then it's like oh but like get this pedo and like this guy's a dirty pedo go kill yeah. him yeah. And, and like they, they try to do both ways and uh, I don't know if it necessarily works, really. I um, I found Karen far more interesting in the earlier episodes because it it felt manipulative and it felt mm. twist the knife a little bit. It felt like she she went and picked up the little bear from the from the flower display and arrangement for Danny and Danny's memory. Yeah, and she she went back and she she went. I don't I don't want to talk to any media. And she she went she went. No no no, of course not. I just wanted to give you this it's building yeah, trust yeah. and it, 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 a, a kind of a low level grooming in itself. Just. Yeah, yeah. Disabling a child's fucking safety perimeter so that you can get what you want. Um and like that when when that kind of came about and when that was revealed that she actually was like, I actually really want the truth for these families. I was like, that feels less manipulative now and it just kind of feels like you're it does feel like a muddled message. Yeah. Um I do like that at the end that Ollie does realign his priorities, you know, instead of taking the job and writing the killer story and all of this. He yeah. actually just arrives at this shitty fucking hotel room to to play with what th- what I think is his nephew um or his cousin that cousin yeah, yeah cousin. cousin younger cousin yeah yeah it's his yeah. cousin yeah yeah um and he just arrives and he just like immediately drops any kind of facade or persona or professional <laughs> capacity and just immediately goes like oh what you got there mate and like goes just tries to distract his cousin from this horrible thing yeah yeah definitely definitely um, a nice a nice guy in the end really yeah yeah yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say is kind of on the filmmaking side of it, and it's not much, but it's mm. um, typically these things are shot in a way that makes you that is very we're pushed for time, and we we talk about it a lot on our other podcast. Um, but typically, like kind of low level BBC and ITV kind of stuff is mm. is shot in a way that's like get what we need and get the fuck home. Yeah. And it's and it's thrown together in an edit. Normally, it's saved by some music. This. Yeah. Has and I found out that I don't I can't I didn't write the guy's name down. Um, but this is this is shot by a first time cinematographer. This is the first project he's worked on as the lead camera operator. Yeah, and it's fucking insane. It's it's understated, but there's this there's this kind of like stoic and static feel to it that is very time Matt is Gray. stood still. Matt Gray. Yeah, well he, he's he's great. Um, mm. And there is this stoic static feel where like time feels like it's standing still until there's a development in the case, in which case it gets very handheld. A lot of David Tennant stuff is very erratic. 
Yeah. Um, and one one thing that I loved throughout the show, just interesting shots, was there's always um, the, probably the best one is Ellie standing in the field alone by herself on the green across from the family of the victims. Um, and it's just there tends to be shots of characters, especially when they're feeling isolated and alone, where they yeah. either have loads of room to the left, loads of room to the right, or loads of room above them. Yeah. And and it's just this incredible way of it's a simple technique, but it's it's consistent throughout the show and the show I feel like has an identity and a voice with the camera work. Interestingly um, enough, he I've just pulled him up on IMDB, he also shot um the Star Beast, the Doctor Who special. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, interesting. Good on um, you. Um um yeah, it was really well made, I think, in terms mm. of a film filmmaking perspective. It's like it utilizes a lot of like slow motion, but it, but like it's not like fucking. Like, it's almost like comical Snyder. at a certain point. <laughs> it, no, I I don't think it ever falls into that like Snyder esque motion where it's it's <laughs> it's slow motion for the sake of slow motion. It's like yeah, it's atmospheric and it's to set a mood and it's like to give you like a an understanding of like how the characters are feeling and that kind of stuff. It's never just like. Why not have slow motion? You know, it's yeah. It's, it, there's a purpose behind it in terms of a narrative, which Na well, narratively, it's like this case is moving too slowly. Mm. Shit won't move on quick enough. Like whenever David Tennant seems to hit a lull or like a, a wall in his case, it slows down for him as he's fucked off by it. He's hit a wall. He's come up against a slowing resistance. Yeah, um, it is very purposeful. It, it was. There were some moments where I was like, "Fucking, that's like the fifth time this episode." <laughs> but no. Um, but anyway, like we say with well-made British stuff, naturally the Americans did it worse. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask um, if you had heard uh, of Grace Point. I have only heard of Grace Point because after Broadchurch was finished, yeah, uh, I was keen to see some general reception and see how it. Now that I could freely Google Broadchurch without. Yeah. fear of immediate spoilers um mm. and i i came across a youtube video that was called grace point the most pointless show to ever exist <laughs> did you watch uh, it i i watched the first like two minutes of it because then it said it's mm. going to deal with some spoiler stuff and i was like yeah. i can't trust that not to be season two and three yeah um but it, i've seen just, that video previously but yeah yeah and it's um it's because I, I, I saw the thing and I didn't even know it was Broadchurch necessarily, but I saw like David Tennant was in it and Anna Gunn. Mm. And I was like, that looks really similar to... Bro what the fuck? Yeah, because it, it is. It's <laughs> a shot-for-shot shot remake it, it of Broadchurch. Is, I'm not kidding. It is a shot-for-shot... Shot. Watch. I've not seen it, um, but like I watched the trailer once I finished Broadchurch today and watched that trailer and there is not a single difference between like what happens in the show and what happens in in that um and it's just like it's interesting because like at what point can you say you've written that show yeah you, you know can't. like you can't he like you've, you've transcribed it <laughs> even the directing choices are the same like literally when i say shot for shot i mean shot <laughs> for shot like okay. it is the exact fucking same yeah. um and I, it and seems I horribly cast it. as well like, yeah, yeah, Michael Pena is uh What in the it. fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, as uh, as Mark Latimer. Um yeah, I, I don't know. It it's it seems true. And and you have David Tennant just essentially playing the same role twice, but now he's got an American accent. Yeah. Um, and and I love Tennant and he's great at accents, but not that yeah. one. Yeah. 
I can't understand why he did. Well, probably for the bag and like fair play. But like, yeah, I don't know. He was he, he'd finished Doctor Who at this point and he was buying himself a house. I, I think he already had a house. Oh, he probably had a house, <laughs> but he probably bought another one in Spain or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, th- that whole concept of American remakes is baffling to me anyway. Mm, like, yeah. Just make good shit. Americans, <clears throat> American, America makes some of the best fucking TV around. Yeah. Right. Like America, the 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 boom of the golden age of TV, like that happened in the kind of early, like uh, around like the the early 2010s. Breaking Bad and like Game the of first Thrones season of The Walking and, Dead and Game of Thrones. And yeah, this. like. That that really brought about the golden age of TV, and if you look at it, the B- the fucking the BBC, the British people had almost no stake in that game. Yeah, it was almost exclusively monopolized by American networks like HBO and AMC and everything else. And like we had Coronation Street, we had Coronation Street. <laughs> we, we but we we done had Coronation Street. <laughs> That's been historic. Um, but like. Yeah, man. I don't know. Just, just make your own fucking shit. It always I, sucks. Yeah. It, it, it seems so fucking bizarre, especially because like, by by the time this came out, I don't know when it was, but it was like well after the office had finished, and like, the office like famously is like the one British adaptation was worked specifically because they decided, oh no, the first season wasn't that well revered because we just did the same thing. Yeah. So let's change it and do something different and not just do the exact same thing that the British show did. And, yeah. and, actually, and it ran for like nine successful seasons because of that choice. And is like one of the most like fucking well revered <laughs> comedy shows of all time because of it as well. Like, it's, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, is it the accent? Like we watch your shit. <laughs> like, why don't you just watch ours? I, I cannot think of a fuck. Yeah, and exactly, that's the thing. There's no fucking need for it. Just yeah. watch Broadchurch. Like, like it's it's not as if like Broadchurch is some unknown show as well. Like, it's very popular. There is no reason why, as an American, you cannot just watch Broadchurch and enjoy it. Like, just buy the fucking rights to it and air it on Fox or whatever. Yeah. Why Why do you need to make your own version but then change nothing other than it's set in America? It screams, like, tax write-off, right? Like, it, it screams money laundering or something. Everything it, screams money I th- laundering. I think it just screamed... You know, you know when you have, a, like, a, a surplus in the budget and you need to spend it, otherwise they're going to take yeah. it from you next time? Yeah. I, it feels like that. And that probably explains it, David Tennant. <laughs> I just think it screams bad creative decision, which yeah, is, yeah. is what happens a lot with these type of stuff. But yeah, hey, I just I just can't understand. I think the age of like American adaptations and stuff is over. We're a lot more of a like a global sort of. The world, um, I guess the world is more connected now with streaming yeah, services. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like shows like like you have like. You know, like House of the Dragon, which is like technically an American show, mm. but ninety nine percent of the cast are British and like <laughs> from British TV shows, and like from like, and they was able to film during the strike because like yeah. none of the members are none of the actors are fucking SAG members because they're British actors. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's it is it is good, and I like that the yeah I I, I do like this this kind of. <laughs> general consensus that Sky went enough. 
Yeah. We'll air we'll your shit, you air ours. <laughs> yeah. Like, this it's, is, I have had enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> Famously, the Inbetweeners American version. Oh, my God. Yeah. Awful. That's yeah. unwatchable. I don't think it ever happens the other way, does it? We never kind of go. There's, oh, we'll, there's we'll probably do. a very small sub community in America that know it does. And there's there's probably some stuff. There has to be. I don't know if there is. There's nothing I can think of mm. that's like, oh, like we'll do a version shit. of that. Shit that we don't watch. Maybe like fucking like game shows and reality shows and shit. But like yeah. nothing that's actually scripted and stuff. I, I genuinely, if anyone does know, if we haven't alienated all of our American listeners by this point, because they're sat there like, wow, the Inbetweeners USA is the best show ever. I don't think anyone's saying that. No, <laughs> they know it sucks, and that's no, the worst yeah, thing. You're exactly. being fed shit. Exactly. Even the Americans know, like, that's how sad. But, like, they, they know, like, it's not good. It's, it's mm. just fucking executives, like, saying, now we'll do our version. And it's... Yeah. It's You've seen them, <laughs> yeah. Like also, like the one thing I can't understand about the in betweeners part of that all is like mm. the point of the in betweeners is that it can only be. Firstly, it's incredibly specific to the British secondary school experience, mm. and like yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also like you can get away with talking about the most fucking heinous shit on that show because yeah. it was aired after nine p.m. and British people aren't afraid of certain words. Yeah. Like, but the, but Americans, it's like like bus turds. Like what's that? Is that what they said? They say bus it's, turds instead of bus wanker. Yeah. Wow. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. That is a bus poo. Right there. Who? Taika Waititi. I believe he actually did have a hand in it at some point. He wrote, yeah. Yeah. He wrote on it. I believe. I know he yeah. directed one of them. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I don't Interesting. know. Man. Shit's fucked. Yeah. Shit's wild. But yeah, you're right. I think yeah. it has mostly stopped now. Good, because it it re- there really is no need. Like the version is there. Just watch it. Get like, ready for the like... Crown USA. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. It makes no sense, but we did oh. it anyway. <laughs> oh, <the> Crown. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Stop ruling the country, Ma. There were three of us in this relationship. <laughs> uh, I'm the princess of the people, man. <laughs> right, anyway, funny. now that all of the Americans are gone. Um, <laughs> Nathan, do we have anything else that we, you would like to say on Broadchurch? Um, no, I don't think so. Just, I'm very excited to um, discuss series two and three especially series three because i remember that being incredible like the best of the of the three series so, really better than it gets yeah. it goes up i don't know if series two does but series three definitely okay but, yeah i'm excited i'm just checking to see if there's a point in you asking me if we've got any tweets um there is not okay great <laughs> any emails uh, it's also something I don't know. I'm almost certain okay. not, though. All right. Well. Let's go find out. No. Uh, no emails. No point in asking that question. <laughs> so, Great. Wonderful. Uh, anyway, um, Nathan, it is time for that part of the show where we recommend stuff to each other. If you're new here, what we do is we talk about something that we have experienced that week. It could be a movie. It could be uh, an experience. It could be a food. It could be literally anything that you fancy. Nathan, Take it away. What are you recommending this week? 
Joel Kinnaman on the moon. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he's not on the moon. Um, it's is he somewhere called... else? Yeah, he's on Mars. Uh, it's called... Well, now he's on Mars. It's called For All Mankind, Lawrence. Um, it is a show streaming on Apple TV+, Plus, an original Ooh. show from there, from the best streaming service in terms of original content. It really um, is. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, uh, and I think this is my favorite show on there. It's... It's it's so good. I love it so much. Basically, what it is is uh, it's an, the first season initially takes place in 1969, um, and you, we have the the landing on the moon, the mm-hmm. the mission to the moon, the the space race, as it were. But instead of Neil Armstrong and the Americans landing there, it turns out the Russians beat them, and because of that, the space race never ended. There was this big push to be then like <laughs> just right, never well, let it go. The, exactly, yeah, because. They were like, right, well, the Russians have landed there. We, America, we need to land there. We need to build a base on the moon and start this whole big thing. <laughs> and basically every season um, takes place like throughout a decade. It moves up a decade with every season. So the first season takes place in the 70s, second season in the 80s, 30s, and the 90s. Is it currently on season four, and it's now in the 2000s. Is it like X-Men prequels decade jumping, where it like the actors are all just one year older? <laughs> No, because they actually do physically age the characters up. Nice. With the, they do a good job of like getting the characters, like doing makeup and prosthetics, and actually wow. aging the characters up as for well. a whole season of TV. That's a yeah. commitment. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not just the case of like, oh, I'm 42 and I look 18. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, they actually do stuff with with. The There's characters. talcum powder in my quiff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am old. Um, but no, it's it's a great show. I, I love the idea of it, and that like because the space race never ended, there was this like uh, leap in like technology. Like that, this mm. world is more technologically advanced than ours is because you know like innovation comes from this. Like we're like yeah. we got a lot of technology and stuff from the space race to begin with, and because that ended pretty much in the sixties, there was this kind of like lull. But because in this world it never ended, you know, by like the time. They're in the nineties. They've got iPods and flat screen TVs and electric cars and that. That's kind of stuff. quite interesting. So, yeah. yeah, it's really good. Um, so yeah, it's it's all about that. And it's like currently the last two seasons have been more focused on Mars than the Moon. Like they they initially land on Mars in the nineties and that type of stuff. Um, <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it's 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 genuinely like really good and really interesting. I Elon love it. Musk watching this show, like, oh, actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hmm. there is kind of like a an Elon Musk esque character in series three, which is I bet there interesting. Be one would emerge in this hypothetical world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they do like they because they have like NASA and then like the Russian version of NASA, but then they have like oh, it's just a billionaire who's made his own space program and he's getting involved in the space race now as well. Yeah. And that type of stuff, so... And he has, unfortunately, the resources of an entire country so we have to somewhat <laughs> listen to him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And take this um, fucking buffoon seriously. It is really well good. It's got a great cast. Joel Kinnaman's amazing in it. There's lots of other great um, actors and actresses. Um, and yeah, I, I genuinely love it quite a lot. I do think it's the best thing on Apple um, TV+, Plus. so... Lovely. Check it out. Give it a watch. It's good stuff. Mm. Um, I'm not. I'm going to watch Broadchurch. Let's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I, you, you told me you make rules. I, yeah. I have to do that. You do have to watch Broadchurch. Yeah. You are legally obliged to it's watch true. Broadchurch. 
Um, <clears throat> my recommendation, Nathan, is an artist who I found on Instagram and Twitter this week. Just scrolling across. Ooh. Indeed. Uh, her name, or at least on Twitter, her name is Katarina. Uh, spelt with a C. Her at, if you want to follow her, is C-A-C-M-R-G. I wouldn't be sure how to pronounce that, so I just figured here's the letters. You you do with it what you want. Um, anyway, she C-A-C-M-R-G. C-A-C-M-R-G. I guess like Kakmruj. Okay. Kakmruj? What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, right, anyway, so basically uh, she is an oil painter. Uh, and she she has an online store where uh, she can kind of provide you with posters, prints, or actual painted oil pieces, um, which she does completely from scratch. She often takes inspiration, which is how I imagine I found it, and it appeared on my feed. Uh, she does mostly uh, kind of like film and TV inspirational works. Um, she has this really really phenomenal painting of um, an, an oil painting of Daniel Kaluuya from Nope, and it's I think the piece is called Bad Miracle. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think her use of colors is very I, oil painting is something that I think is a, you know, it's fucking it's runny, right? It's hard. It's hard to do. And I think it's it's somewhat the somewhat maybe becoming a bit of a lost art because um, mm. it takes a lot more patience than I think a lot of young people have. Um, certainly, I don't have the patience for it or the ability, um, but it's a, it genuinely she's she's very, very talented. And I don't know much about her work, but I know that the stuff I looked at on her store is really cool. And it may be good for some Christmas presents um, if people are still shopping for those. And also, it's, yeah, cool. Looks good. And I might buy a little piece for my office. Mm, I'm just looking at some of her stuff now. This is quite good. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if it's not, there's, I, I think it's quite a wide variety of, like, <clears throat> film inspirations. And, like, even if it's not for you, I just, I still think the ability and the talent behind it is, like, remarkable. Like, yeah, I'm definitely. always really impressed by artists and how they can create these things just from like pure reference and and yeah i don't know it's it's just that it's just a talent that i could never ever like consider myself having it's like when people can play an, an instrument and i'm just look at them in awe like how does your brain know to do that <laughs> so she's got a nice painting here of um the uh the star of shark tale martin scorsese so <laughs> there, there he is yeah his most there famous is. piece yeah. Uh, but yeah, do do go and give her a follow at least on Twitter. Uh, her at is C A C M R G. She is called Katarina. Um, and I don't know, check it out. See if you like any stuff. Maybe buy some stuff from her online shop. I think it's all linked on her bio. So cool. beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Indeed. And Nathan, what I will have to tell you is, and uh, people should know this anyway. But next week we are going to be doing this. It's Broadchurch season two. I'll That's, get a clip. Yeah, don't. I can't Google it. Don't make me look at it. Wahoo! Wahoo! Uh, it's, it's not it's Mario. It's not Mario. It is not. It's actually Broadchurch season two. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've made that clear enough. Um, what I will say also is thank you very much for listening. It's genuinely very appreciated. If you have enjoyed the show, uh, please feel free to leave us a little five star review. That'd be much appreciated. You can do that on your podcast platform of choice. Um, you can also go and follow us on Twitter. That is at Another Happy Pod uh, for any updates, as well as your thoughts on certain episodes. I know that I've been a naughty boy and not posted certain prompt tweets when I should have done, but they will be up. I've had a busy week. Doctor Who's been back. I had a busy Saturday. I was distracted. I was excited, and then I was scrolling Twitter to find out other people's opinions on Doctor Who. Um, 
but yeah, you can send us your opinions on what you think of the stuff. We're <laughs> and then you got about. sad when you read other people's opinions. Yeah, and I yeah, <laughs> and I also just went, oh, the world sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but also, right for the next two weeks, we're going to be doing Broadchurch. So like, drop them. You, yeah. You know, you know what we're doing. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts on Broadchurch. Do you like it? Keep them spoiler free if you mm. can for yeah. future seasons and that kind of stuff, or just in general, because like. Well, I think I think. Drop. I won't look at it, but drop your spoilers. Oh on yeah, season you'll, two. you'll have you'll have seen season two by the time this comes out. Oh, that's true. Yeah, well done. Yeah, you'll have finished season two by the time this comes out. So yeah. Yeah, drop your spoiler thoughts on season two. Really try and avoid spoiling season three because I'm yes. very much fresh to this and going through it. Um, but anyway, cool. Uh, you can also on Twitter while you're there go over to our pin tweet and you can. There's a little form you can fill out and suggest a little um option for us so a little thing you want us to check us out no promises we might get to them we might not oh my dad my dad um he didn't fill in the form but he just messaged me like a suggestion what, what was it do. and then he said he should um he should come on as a uh, a consultant i'd fucking love that i would i don't know how i feel about it <laughs> I said, well think about it <laughs> what what was the what was it platoon what is platoon it's a like a very famous war movie I'd be down for it, man. I want to watch anything yeah. Carl wants to watch. <laughs> well, we'll see. We could do. I'll, I'll cut all this out, but we can do a. Um, you know, on YouTube, they're like, like experienced veteran soldier reacts to World War Two movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that is where you can suggest something if you want us to check us. Fuck me. That's where you can suggest a topic for us to discuss at any point. No promises, but we might get to it. If mid sentence it became Nathan there, that's because I was really struggling to get that line out. So Nathan took yeah. over. Um, also, Nathan, we have another podcast, don't we? We do. It's called Still Got Legs. It's all about Doki Who. You may Whoa. be familiar with it. Um, it's our rewatch discussion podcast where each week we watch and discuss an episode uh, of the revival era of Doctor Who and it's a lot of fun so you should come and join us for that wonderful adventure it's available wherever you get your podcasts uh, it comes out every Monday at 10am yes there you go indeed also you can start that whenever mm. by the way you don't have to join us as and when you can listen to the whole back catalogue I will yeah. say if you enjoyed our episode last week on um, an adventure in space and time um it's just more of that, but in a silly old fashion, talking about more modern and up-to-date hokey CGI shit. So, yeah. Go yeah. and listen to that. It's a good little show. And while you're at it, I will say thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. We will see you next week indeed. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, here's to Crime Drama Christmas. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs>